Hey everybody, thanks for tuning in. That video you just saw, it's just a reminder of how God and His grace is through all seasons of life. I'm so glad that you joined us today. We're in the Powell family room of some of our staff and family. The breakfast was awesome, was it not? I am sad that you could not eat breakfast with us, but then I'm not because then you would eat some of mine. So we're glad you're not here, but we wish you were here, I guess you would say. So the last Sunday of the year, it's hard to believe, uh, 2020, the last Sunday, everybody in this room, you got all your goals fulfilled for 2020. Am I right? Yeah. I even bet you at home, you're thinking, man, I was able to mark off every goal that I did for 2020. Said no one. Uh, I think 2020 has been a year like no other. Uh, Everybody in this room and those watching have been impacted greatly by 2020. There is nobody on planet Earth that has ever felt the way that you and I are feeling during this pandemic. I mean, so much stuff happened. Pandemic, election, so much stuff. You know, I started thinking in my own life, and maybe you guys could probably say the same thing, that I battled anxiety throughout this season. Anxiety has always been there with people's lives, even through Scripture. We're going to see that today. But battling anxiety has become something really real in my life in 2020. You know, I started studying scripture and I thought, what in the world could I say and us talk about on the last Sunday of this year? And I thought over and over again, talking real, dealing with the words anxiety, fear, depression. You know, I started thinking in scripture, like who could I look to that had to really battle anxiety when it came to being a Jesus follower and doing great things for God. I look no further than in the New Testament in following the Apostle Paul and his ministry. If you know the story of the Apostle Paul, you know how he was Saul became Paul. He was converted into Christianity. And there's a long, rich history with Paul in, in him reaching so many people for Christ. In fact, I believe that we have the gospel today in North America because of the efforts of Paul and the people that he led. When you think of Paul, you don't think of anxiety. You think of warrior. You think of someone bold. You think of someone who just uh, you wish you could be, but you know you never will be. But then you really dabble into Paul's life, and it's really noticeable that he had to battle fear and anxiety. You talk about a man who had to stand alone with Jesus Christ. You talk a man that had to be bold in his faith and no one around him. You talk about Paul. But then we sometimes think when we read characters in the Bible, I don't know how you are, but I know me, like they're not human. But then you really read about them and they're just as human as me and you. And I thought the last Sunday of the year, I would come to you in your family room, to this family room, and then talk to even you guys in here to encourage you that the word has encouraged me, that there has been no time in history of mankind where mankind has not had to battle anxiety and fears in life. I think of a story of Paul that really sums this up greatly, and it's in Acts chapter number 16, where he had to fight against anxiety. In Acts chapter number 16, Paul, Silas, Luke, and Timothy, they were coming to the European area for the first time. They made their way to Philippi, And then there was the ruins of the city included the main highway of the Roman Empire, an outdoor theater that once held 3,000 or more people. It was just an amazing feature. It's empty and ruined. 
Then he came to a scene to where Paul heals a child in the name of Jesus. And her owner trumped up some charges against the stranger for ruining their little demonic money maker. And when the owner got upset that he healed that child, him and Silas were thrown in prison. They were thrown in prison. I want you to think about this. They were coming to this region because God called them to spread the gospel, push back darkness in the light. And here they find in this moment where they're thrown in prison, not just thrown in prison, the text in Acts chapter number 16 says they were beaten, they were tortured. And then there's this scene in Acts chapter 16 where at midnight, at midnight, uh, Paul and Silas start singing praises to the Lord. You know, if you think about that, Paul had a choice. You, you think about this. Even sometimes, I'm ashamed sometimes to admit it, and you all should agree with me. I'm just kidding. But uh, uh, we all uh, think this way sometimes. We're either we're compelled to, where you do something for Christ, and it doesn't turn out the triumphant way. It turns out with more trials, and you go, what in the world? God, I stood up for you. Uh, God, I honored you. God, I was doing right in my relationships. And God, I was trying my best to rear my children. And now my children turn their back. Whatever the situation is, there is a quick uh, thought in your head to start questioning God. And in most people's lives, it ruins their Christianity because they go down this uh, path of questioning God, fear, anxiety, the what ifs in life, and so many things that are out of their control. And in this passage of scripture, I thought it was neat that Paul had a choice. And that choice was to have anxiety about what was going to happen with his life. Or at midnight when there was no hope, he was shackled and him and Silas started singing praises to the Lord. Why, why do I mention that? He was thrown in prison. He took a beating. He was hungry and had to be in despair. But at midnight, he sung praises to God and glorify God. I want you to listen to this statement because I think it's encouraged us all because it really encouraged me greatly. Paul chose to rejoice at all times and said no to anxiety. From a practical aspect, this is one of the most obvious reasons that Paul had such a successful career when it came to Jesus Christ. I believe practically one of the reasons that Paul was able to do so much that he was is he did not give in to fear and he did not give in to anxiety. Doesn't mean it didn't come on his doorstep. It didn't mean that there wasn't things like the pandemic in his life. In fact, I don't have time to read this all to you, but he was shipwrecked three times. He was beaten. He was left for dead. He was in prison. He had, many people wanted to murder him, and he had a choice. He could say, hey, I did everything I could for God. Now it's someone else's time, right? right. Or he could say, no, God has a plan. He has a purpose, and he has me right here, right now. And all I can do in my life is choose to glorify God. Um, Never did Paul show that way more clearly. That night, he and Silas sang in the bottom of the prison, bleeding, bruised, broken in life, that they were going to choose God over anxiety. I think today I really want to get across to you that you can say no to anxiety. I know critics will say to me, there's different people who can and can't. And I agree there's complications and everybody's story is different. But overall, I believe spiritually speaking that everyone has a choice to say no to anxiety. Here, here's something I want you to get, and then we'll read scripture. I, I really want the record to show this. The record shows in Acts chapter number 16 that an earthquake broke the chains and gave Paul and Silas freedom. If you know that passage of scripture, an earthquake came after they sang praises to God. But here's all I want to say to you. I believe that Paul and Silas were already free spiritually before there was ever an earthquake or a chain broken off their wrist or feet. 
I believe that they were already in spiritual freedom because they chose not to relate their life to a circumstance. They chose to relate their life to an almighty God that was in control in the midst of no matter what circumstance. And so as you look at Paul, I believe he was already free. And can I say this to you? I don't know when the pandemic's going to end. I don't even know if the pandemic will ever end. But I do know this, you and I can be free because we're not free because of circumstance. We're free because we choose God over anxiety. And, and here's why I believe that Paul gives the formula of choosing God over anxiety. Years later in the book of Philippians, and if you want to turn there, you can. Uh, we just had breakfast, so some of us don't have our Bibles. Can you believe that? They work for a church. Come on, people. No, but in all reality, in Philippians chapter 4, years later, Paul actually gives the formula of why he could choose God over anxiety. I love Philippians 4 and Philippians 4 and verses 4 through 7. And I'm going to ask some people to read the scripture. First, I'm going to ask Denise to read Philippians 4 and verse number 4. Verse number 4, rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. I wrote this statement down. I love that verse that Denise just read, and I think all of us, if you've been a Christian for any length of time, have probably heard this or you've heard someone say, hey, choose Lord, the Lord, rejoice in the Lord. Um, write this statement down if you're watching. Think of this statement. Choose to rejoice no matter the circumstance. I believe the first thing Paul determined in his life was he was going to choose to rejoice no matter the circumstance. Notice what it says, rejoice. Any of us can sing and rejoice when things are good. Uh, we could sit here today and we have uh, Gary with us. He could lead us in singing right now. Uh, we have a piano in this room, a guitar. We don't even need that in here. We have some music, talent, a legend, Pastor Gary Powell right here. Man, it would be easy right now. We just had the best breakfast ever in the state of Indiana. And we have people who could lead us in singing, and it would be really easy to sing praises to God right now. But you know what I believe the world is looking for? For people that really believe in God, that they can sing and rejoice in a prison cell where they don't know what their future holds. And Paul could say that because he could really tell of his experiences that there was times when he said, I choose to rejoice over anything else. So choose to rejoice. It's both good news and bad news that in the hour of difficulty, people are watching and listening more than ever to know in your faith in Christ is genuine. You know, something really convicted me. Um, I read an article the other day in New York Times, and I like to read a lot of news in the morning. I look at the religious section, and, and there was an atheist that was a guest uh, of this religious section of the New York Times, I believe it was. And he wrote, um, the title was, You're No Different Than Me, I Believe. And he said, I would actually maybe think of believing in Christianity if they didn't respond to life like me. Boy, that was convicting. It, it gets me emotional because I think Christianity today has come to a point that's so circumstantial that even me as a follower of Christ who gives his life to preach the gospel sometimes responds to life like someone who doesn't know Jesus. In good or bad, this world is looking to us to go, hey, will they still rejoice? And Paul tells us, choose to rejoice no matter the circumstance. You you're only will be able to rejoice in a difficult hour. I wrote this down, and I think this is important. You'll only be able to rejoice in a difficult hour 
if your relationship with God is real. Is real. Here's what I mean by that. Your relationship with God isn't dependent on a pastor, a parent, a child, a church. It's do you have intimacy with Jesus Christ yourself? And man, we all go up and down. This year has been an up and down. If a pastor tells you they were on a high with Jesus Christ every day this year, let me say this boldly, they are a liar, run from them. All of us are human, just like Paul had those days, but he chose to rejoice. Here's a second thing, and I'm gonna have Randall read this in Philippians chapter four. I'm gonna have you read verse four again, but I want him to go through verse seven. So listen to Randall read the scripture. Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Hmm. That is a very rich set of verses. I even love what he says because he's talking years later to these people and he's saying, be anxious for nothing. Uh, the, the version I read says, don't worry about anything. And he was saying that and he was teaching them how. Uh, rejoice how? In your own strength? Rejoice how? In your circumstance? No, he says, rejoice in the Lord always. And Paul writes in Philippians uh, 4, a moment later, he gives us a fourfold reminder to pray about the things you need. And I think this is important to read. He says this, in everything, Paul writes, by prayer and petition, we don't know how to pray today. We leave prayer to the, the last resort instead of the first response. And so it says this, prayer, petition, thanksgiving, present your request. And then the last is to God. I love this statement. And the peace of God, Paul says, and this is what Paul was saying, will be like an armed sentry marching around your heart and your mind, literally fighting anxiety for you. So here's the next statement that I believe in the formula. Secure your foundation in Christ alone. People let you down. Government for sure let you down. Can I get an amen with everybody in the house? Uh, people let you down. Church lets you down. Uh, this world will let you down. And Paul is reminding them, secure your future in Christ alone. There's a little background I want to give, and I know it'll take a little bit more time, but I really want to just read what I wrote because I think this could be powerful to everyone uh, listening. Philippi was a city populated in part by a large number of retired Roman soldiers. The background of this text is important. Like any military community, Philippi would have known the lingo of the armed services and would have quickly embraced the image of the armed sentry. Around their city would have been soldiers who stayed up all night to guard their gardens from rabbits, their homes from thieves, and their land from enemy attack. So listen to this. To guard the city, in the Greek in this verse, the word was phreo. So in other words, in this letter to military families, Paul says that God's peace will be your phreo. He was saying, hey, rejoice in me and don't be anxious for anything. Come to me. Give me your petition. Pray and then put your trust in God. And then he says, guard your hearts. And he was using the lingo of that day. And he was saying, I'll be your frerio. You see, often we do not get to uh, feel that presence of God. 
because prayer is our last resort instead of our first response. Get inside of God's city walls, so to speak, and God's peace will march like a century around your potential anxieties is what he was saying. Let me be your fray re Oh, let me guard your city of the heart. Let me guard the city of the mind. Let me guard the city of your circumstance. Let me guard the city of your family. Let me guard the city. You come to me and you put your life under my power and under my presence and under me, then I will take care of being your fray re Fray re um, And here's the last statement. Then I'll have Sandy read some verses. Develop the discipline of saying no to anxiety. So this is the hardest part, right? So develop the discipline of saying no to anxiety. But Paul gives us this in the text. This is not nearly as complicated as we often make it because it's simply saying I reject going into my emotions of anxiety and fear and I choose to go a different path. Now, that's as simple as the formula is, but it's so difficult. Everybody perfect when it comes to that? Uh, No. Um, If you'd like to stop being anxious, you'll have to intentionally think about other things. Let me say that again. If you would like to stop being anxious about your situation, you will have to intentionally think about other things. I think that's important. And then Paul shows us in verses 8 and 9, this will take a mount of great discipline. But Paul was crystal clear in his instructions on developed discipline of saying no to anxiety. So Sandy, would you read verses 8 through 9? Yeah. And now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Keep putting into practice all you learned and received from me, everything you heard from me and saw me doing. Then the God of peace will be with you. So good. I want you to notice in that text and in in verse number eight, the end in my, my version says, dwell on these things. Think on these things. Paul here was not some guy with theory going, hey, when circumstances come, no, this guy had the worst of circumstances, being almost hung, being almost murdered, being shipwrecked, you name it, Paul had to deal with it. He says, think on these things. Listen, listen to this statement. Can, can any of you kind of relate to this? How many anxious thoughts about rumors that aren't true have ruined otherwise perfectly good days? In 2020, I can't tell you, I'm just going to admit, confess our sins right here to our church that there's been many days in 2020 I was paralyzed because I chose to think and lean into my anxiety instead of choosing intentionally to lean into Christ and who he is in my life. And none of those things even came true. There was times, I'll tell you, you've heard the story, you heard it a minute ago at breakfast that uh, 11 weekends in a row I was telling God I would drive home from church, you know. I felt bad for Brian and Michaela uh, videoing and, and stuff. I'm like, man, I have to do that over again. Man, I didn't say that right. I was so anxious in those moments. I would drive home from church and I would go, God, really, this is what I was called to? I thought I was called to people, not a camera, right? Uh, I thought I was called to people, not this. And, and then he just had to remind me. He had to overwhelm me. Hey, this is about me and you and intimacy, Here's something that I was told by a mentor a long time ago. God didn't call anyone to ministry. He called everyone to intimacy. And out of the overflow of intimacy, we have natural ministry. So it's the same thing in 2020. uh, How many anxious thoughts about rumors that aren't true have ruined otherwise perfectly good days? 
Think only on things that are true. So here we end in the family room at the Powell's house with a dynamite breakfast. I'm going to take a nap after this. It's the last Sunday of the year. And Paul says this, refuse to give in to anxiety. Think on these things. Think on what's noble. Think on it. What's noble? Think on it. If I could challenge you for 2021, instead of goals, let's do something new. Let's, let's be counter uh, culture for a minute. Instead of goals, what should we be ready to think on for 2021? Think on something noble. Think on something true. Think on something pure. Uh, use Philippians chapter number four, verse eight and nine as your life verses for 2021. Instead of us trying to be successful all the time, instead of us trying to be successful Christians, why don't we turn this around and say, I am determined to be a useful Christian. A Christian that rejects anxiety because my home is not in this world. My home is with Jesus Christ for eternity. And he's never promised me a good life here. He promised me a good life with him for all eternity. So think on those. What about what's right? What about what's pure? That leaves out things that are wrong and impure and come to think about it. That would be good move for any of us to make. Think of the lovely. Think of the admiral. Think of the excellent. Think of the praiseworthy. May, you may shock your families. You may shock your friends if all year in 2021 you said, I refuse to think on anything or allow anything to come out of my mouth that the enemy can use that's not praiseworthy. I'm going to praise more than point out the negative. I'm going to praise more than point out the, the things that they didn't do right. I'm going to praise my husband. I'm going to praise my wife. I'm going to praise my children when they're asleep, right? I'm going <laughs> to praise all those things instead of be the one that has to point out the negative. Praiseworthy. Then I want to end with this, and I, I kind of wrote this down. I believe that that is what got Paul past some tough times when being an ambassador for Jesus. Paul had to determine that he was going to think on these things instead of the anxieties that would come up. Go back with me to that story in Acts chapter number 16. He was sitting in a prison. Anybody felt that way? 2020, I felt like a whole prison. I still feel that way. And who knows what 2021 will bring? Man, maybe God used this year to really get us to turn our way of thinking and our Christian lives upside down. Paul did not have some superpowers that we don't have. Paul served the same Jesus that I served and you served. And it was things like this that really set Paul apart that he was able to spread the gospel throughout all the world. Why? Because he refused to give in to anxiety and fear Instead, he gave his life over to Jesus. So in 2021, as I'm speaking and recording right now, the pandemic is not over. And can I tell you all something, me included, and this is bad news, even if the pandemic goes away, there's another one on the horizon because the Bible tells us the closer he gets to coming back, more wars will happen, more diseases will happen, more bad things will happen. So as Christians, let's use 2020 and say, nothing's ever wasted. Nothing's ever wasted with Jesus Christ. We can be better Christians today because we refuse anxiety and fear and we choose Jesus. Going into 2021, I believe the thought should be, say no to anxiety. Say no to anxiety. And let me address you watching us at home or wherever you're watching. I cannot relate 
to things you've been through in 2020. Nobody can in this room. But you can't relate to things I've been through. You know, God did not call us to compare. He called us to be brothers and sisters together, lifting each other up, looking for that great hope, Jesus Christ. And I don't know where you're at end of the year. I don't know what you're thinking about 2021. I don't know what you're facing in your life, but I do know this. There is a Savior and His name is Jesus, and He loves you, and He cares for you, and He's going to move right into life with you in 2021, but you have a choice to make. And that choice is you can dive into things of this world that go away. You can dive in and put efforts into relationships that can betray you, can use you, can walk away from you. Or you can be an ambassador for Jesus like the Apostle Paul and say, I refuse the negativity of my life. I refuse to focus on things I can't control. And I choose to rejoice and say no to anxiety. Does that mean anxiety is going to go away? No. Does that mean fear is going to go away? No. But every time it comes up, you make a conscious decision to say no to anxiety and yes to Jesus. 2021 will be a good year, not only for Hamilton Hills and for you individually. 2021 will be a good year, not because the pandemic goes away, but it'd be a good year if God's people choose right now before the first day of the year to say no to anxiety, yes to Jesus. Would you pray with me? Jesus, thank you for your word. Thank you that even in the midst of sorrow and in pandemics and and hardships, and the wanderings of life, that we can still have hope because you left us your word. And I pray right now, people watching, people listening, I pray that you would condemn the enemy in their life. I pray, dear Lord, like Paul singing in shackles, that they would realize they can be free even if their circumstance hasn't changed. And I pray that sorrow would be turned into joy as I'm speaking right now. And I pray, dear Jesus, that as we enter into 2021, that more than ever before, we'd be focused on choosing you instead of anxiety and fear. And we give you the glory in advance, expecting great things. May not be the way I think they're going to be, but I'm satisfied with the way that you're going to make them be. And we give you the glory in Jesus' name. Amen.